Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast... It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review, and hang out with us for a while right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored by Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America, a fraternal financial organization. He can help you plan for your family's future, and it doesn't cost a thing to meet with them. Also sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, the moment we've been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 157, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. And man, are we going to dazzle and entertain you on this version. ESPN Cowboys insider Todd Archer will join us. We'll get the latest on the Dak calf. We'll get the latest on, some of you may not have even seen this by the time we do this, but DeMonte Casey has been arrested with the DUI. What's the situation with all that as the Cowboys head into their bye week? We'll have all that for you. Secret audio of a Cowboys homer. It's happening on this episode, and my God, I'm glad <laughs> that we're doing it the way that I decided to do it, where I just let it roll, and then I give myself... Because it takes right. me a while to go through everything and pull it. And there are some moments where even I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I can't wait for that. We will have that on this version of the podcast for you as well. Coming up a little bit later on. Got some Mavs as they get set to open another season here coming up on Thursday night. But as always, we got to tell you about our sponsors. Our sponsors that make this whole thing possible the way you guys have been supporting our sponsors is incredible, and we truly do appreciate that. And we appreciate Hector Flores, Modern Woodman of America, 940-453-3490, a fraternal financial organization, non-fee-based, costs nothing to meet with Hector, to sit down and be like, hey, Hector, what the hell is a 401k? Hey, Hector, stocks and bonds, what's the difference? I don't, I don't know. What is it? What's the difference, Hector? How do you plan for the future? How do you prepare for your and your family's future? Hector Flores, give him a call because he's, he's the guy. He can answer these questions because I don't know. I don't know what a bond is, actually, but Hector can tell you. <laughs> I think the thing about it is, man, Hector is a guy who can provide options for you. You know, if you're planning for retirement or you're trying to figure out the best approach, you know, you can be aggressive, you can be conservative, you can be somewhere in between. A lot of it depends on your age or how much you've got saved or how about this, how much you want to save at a certain point in your life. And I think the thing that Hector does, man, is he makes those decisions easier for you by giving you some routes and some, some options and some choices you can take. And then with all of these 
places like Hector. And, and the thing that Hector does is it's about finding a comfort zone for you. And I think that's what he does best is find a comfort zone for you and your money. That's exactly right. And with Modern Woodman of America, it's that unique combination of business and giving back to those that they serve, which is, of course, the continuous cycle of positive impact. So give them a call. It's about time you sat down and started thinking about your future. Hector has your answers. And again, it does not cost anything to meet with them. That's great. Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America, 940-453-3490. Also, of course, Robert Greening and the Green Team, his staff of attorneys there at Greening Law. If you have been hurt in a car accident, as I was, if you've experienced malpractice, injured on the premises of a business, I'm going to tell you this straight up. Insurance companies are going to start calling you going, hey, so we understand this is going on. Your first call needs to be to Robert Greening. You need to pick up the phone, give him a call, explain what happened. 972-934-8900. Dude, the Green Team is great because they ask the questions you didn't even know you were supposed to ask. I think that helps. And the thing about it is they don't require anything for you to pick up the phone and give them a call and see what your problem is. You know, hey, here's my situation. Can you help me? I tell you what, I think we can. I think we can. If they can and they bring you on as a client, hey, man, they don't get paid unless you get paid, which means they grind and they grind and they grind and then they grind some more. That's right. They're working hard for you. They are your legal competitor against the insurance companies. So give them a call. Consultations free and they only get paid if you get compensated. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening, Office, Dallas, Texas. So the Cowboys are about to move into their bye week. They're five and one. They sit atop the NFC East. No matter what happens this week, I mean, they got a three game lead. It'll be two and a half or three and a half games, depending on how the rest of the division goes when they come off their bye. But it's interesting because you start looking around at this, and we had a quick little back and forth before we started recording. And I think right now, if you look around the league and you say, who's your MVP? I think to me, there's three names that immediately pop into my mind. It's Kyler Murray, it's Dak Prescott, and it's Derrick Henry. And Dak, when you look at what he's doing for a 5-1 and one Cowboys team, He's got 1,813 yards, 73% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns with four picks, a 115 quarterback ranking, and he is doing this in his leadership and his almost just plugged in, his synchronicity with the offense is on a level that I don't think anybody else is at right now. I mean, I wouldn't argue about that. I mean, I would agree with it so much. I wrote a whole column in the Dallas Morning News about it. Oh, look at you. <laughs> that you can pick up and read uh, online or uh, check out my timeline to JJT underscore journalist on Twitter. So, no, I mean, I think Dak Prescott's been phenomenal. I think Kyler Murray's been phenomenal. Um, he and Dak are like one, two in a lot of passing categories. Yeah. Um, although the interesting thing is uh, Kyler doesn't have 200 passing attempts yet. Um, just interesting to me. And then King Henry, man, he's a – He's in a world all of his own is because we're in a league where running backs don't really matter anymore, and he's like an, an outlier yeah. because he's so good and so dominant. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing of it is as well with with Kyler Murray is you look at it, doesn't have the 200-yard passing attempts. He's run it 15 more times this year than Dak has, and of course, we know, I think that's one of those things where people think he runs a lot more than he actually does. You know, he only has 116 rushing yards this year. Kyler Murray does, and you know, this is one of those things that was kind of interesting in the last couple of years. Like last year, for instance, he had 11 
rushing touchdowns this year through six games he just has the three now Kyler Murray is behind Dak in yardage behind him in touchdowns because he's 14 and four where Dak is 16 and four but he actually where Dak has I mean Dak is having a crazy season with completion percentage as I told you he's at 73.1 percent Kyler Murray is the NFL leader Dak's number two Kyler's at 73.8 percent just a tick ahead of Dak's accuracy He's also a tick ahead in uh, yards per attempt, I think, yeah. at 8.9 as opposed to 8.4, both of which are are, uh, are outstanding. Yeah, it's incredible, man. And, you know, you start going down this, and, and you mentioned Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, I went down the rabbit hole on this, man. And as many of you know, I live in, in Birmingham, Alabama now, and Tennessee is huge here, mainly because Nashville is a little over two hours away. It's the closest. That and Atlanta are the closest NFL franchises. But Tennessee has Julio Jones and also Derrick Henry. Both are Alabama legends. And Henry is huge here. Derrick Henry right now is on pace in a 16-game season. Derrick Henry would be on pace for 2,088 yards. But it's a 17-game season. Derrick Henry is on pace for 2,219 yards, which would shatter Eric Dickerson's old record of 2,105. But we would all look at it and go, okay, but do you do it? It's the, it's the whole Maris Ruth thing. Are, right. Did you do it in 16 games? And he's on pace, man, in 16 games. I mean, as I told you, right now, he's only 17 yards off the pace in a 16-game schedule breaking Dickerson's record. Well, you know the thing that he does, and he did it last night against Buffalo, and I watched him do it, is for a big dude, He's a home run threat, man. He went 76 yards last night, and that's why he has these huge games, I think. That's why he has these big seasons. So, okay, on on his other 20 carries, he gets 80 yards or whatever, four four yards a carry. But he busted that 76-yarder, and so whatever he ended up with, he he has a great day. Or he has a couple of 25-yarder and a 40-yarder in a game. He's the – I mean, he's a big play threat every time he gets it. Matter of fact, I thought I was reading somewhere that uh, he has the most touchdown runs. He's got the third most touchdown runs over 50 yards in NFL history. I believe it, man. And, and you look at this dude. He had 2,000 yards last year. He's on pace to have back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons. There has never been a running back in NFL history that has two 2,000-yard seasons, much less back-to-back. He'll also be, and, and I don't think anybody will catch him barring injury, He's going to lead the NFL in rushing for the third consecutive season. Only eight players ever have led the league three or more times in rushing. Seven of them are in the Hall of Fame. Adrian Peterson is is the only one he will be at some point. If he does this and leads the league again, he'll be just the fifth running back in NFL history to lead the league in three straight seasons or more, joining Emmitt Smith, Earl Campbell, Jim Brown, and Steve Van Buren as the only running backs to ever do it three straight years or more. And see, I think the other thing is, man, he's doing it at 25, 26, and 27. It's incredible. Which is at the end of a running back's career. Yeah. Like, I I just got to tell you, like, I wonder, because he's already got 160 carries. Mm -hmm. All right? Um, I just wonder what, what next year will be like. And you're like, what do you mean? Like, the combination of him turning 28, having right now on pace for the heaviest workload of his career. Like, he's averaging 27 carries a game. He's never averaged more than 23. Dude, he's on pace I, for 459 carries. And see, that, that, my friend. Which would shatter the NFL record of 416. Not only that, bro. You know, 
there's and see I, I told Matt I was gonna take him down a, another rabbit hole in addition to Derek King, but you go you get into that whole thing about the curse of the four hundred touches with running yeah. backs. Just look at all the running backs who've had four hundred touches. And they typically fall off a cliff. And the latest guy to do it is Christian McCaffrey, man. You know, he had that great yeah. year a couple years ago where he had, what was it, 2,300, almost 2,400 total yards, 400 touches, 1,000 yards rushing and receiving. Dude, he ain't been healthy since then. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you just wonder if Derrick Henry, they go all in and he gets 2,000 yards this year and he has, you know, 400 carries because he doesn't catch the ball lots, which is good. Almost all his stuff is on the ground running. Yeah. You just wonder, like, Will this be it? Will his body have anything left? Or, and nobody knows, Matt, and that's the beauty of sports, or is he going to be the Adrian Peterson kind of Frank Gore? I don't even want to put Frank Gore in that category. Emmett, Adrian Peterson, Emmett Smith, outlier. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, know, you, you wonder see, about that, man. It, it is, when you look at his numbers, it's absolutely wild because if, if he does 2,000 yards again and leads the NFL again, he's basically submitted his, a Hall of Fame spot. See, I was just thinking while you were talking about it, man. You know, we all thought Zeke would be the Hall of Fame running back out of that class. And it might be, well, like, I don't view Zeke as a Hall of Fame. I don't view him on a Hall of Fame. Uh, He's not right now, I don't think. Right. Now, yeah, like, he was for the first four years of his career. But the last two, I think, if he has to do something special now to get back on that career arc. But I think Derrick Henry is the opposite. He started slow because he wasn't the, the lead back. Right. But now he's on that Hall of Fame arc because he's clearly the most dominant running back in the NFL today. And he's got that combination of size and speed that we've never seen because you can't have 11 TDs of 50 yards or more being slow. Yeah, and that's what's wild about what he's doing is, I mean, back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons and, and leading the league again and rushing for three straight seasons, that generally is you're walking into the hall but he's only been doing this for four seasons, essentially, because 16 and 17, as you mentioned, he was backing up DeMarco Murray. It wasn't until 2018 he became the Titans' full-time guy. So this is his fourth season of being a full-time starter. In those four years, he's averaging 102 yards per game. Right now, on his current pace, and this is what's absurd about Emmett's record, he would still need 115 more games, averaging 102 yards a game, to get to Emmett Smith, which is another six and a half seasons when he'd be 34 years old. Dude. I mean, think about that. Is it possible? Maybe. But maintaining it, I just, it's just so rare to see guys. And like I said, when I went down the rabbit hole doing this, did you know, and, and this kind of surprised me, Tiki Barber is the only running back ever to rush for more than 1,800 yards after turning 30. And Tiki Barber, Curtis Martin, and Walter Payton are the only running backs ever to rush for more than 1,500 yards after hitting the age of 30. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that Tiki Barber's in that class. That's what I'm I was surprised saying, yeah. That the class is small because, dude, most of these cats fall off a cliff at 28. Go look at LaDainian Tomlinson and, you know, Earl Campbell and just whomever. They almost always fall off a cliff. At 28. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing with Derrick Henry, who turns 28 in January. So it'll basically be 27 for the entire season this year. Does he have another three years at his age 28 years, age 29, and maybe your age 30 year, where you can average 1,500 yards or so a season? 
If he can do that, then you're talking about a guy that is going to wrap up somewhere inside the top 15 all-time in rush yards and rush TDs and with the accolades that he already has. I mean, it's wild to say that, but yeah, I mean, at this point, Derrick Henry most likely, I'd be surprised if he doesn't go to the Hall of Fame. Based on what we see, man. Yeah, yeah, based on what we've seen. He feels like a Hall of Fame running back. And that's the thing with Zeke is that it feels like you kind of said – and I don't know if he's ever going to get that opportunity again just because of the way that the Cowboys are at this point and, and kind of how they use him and Pollard together. But it felt like that early on because in, you know he led the league in rushing two of his first three years. Who knows what would have happened if the legal thing hadn't popped up. He probably would have done it three years in a row. And you wonder at that point, is three years in a row, at that point in your career, that at least puts you on the radar. But he's had such a drop-off since then. I don't know, man. I I and the, the reality of it is, is that with Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry, he's not the guy anymore when you look at running backs in the NFL like he was his first three years in the league. These last three years, I don't think he's been one of the top two backs, top three backs in the game. No, I think he's uh, he's put he's trying to get himself back in that conversation this year. Um, and I think he's off to a heck of a start. But no, I think he he faded. I think the uh, suspension hurt his momentum of his career. And then the holdout hurt. So he's had a lot of drama. Some he caused, some he didn't. Some wasn't necessarily his fault that uh, that has put him in a position where he's still a heck of a player. He's just not a Hall of Fame arc. But it will be interesting to see this MVP race, man, because the Cowboys keep doing what they're doing. You know, I, I, I got to think there's only ever been one MVP from the Dallas Cowboys. Emmett back in 93. Yeah, 93. And it's weird to think of all the Hall of Famers, of all the great players who have been a Dallas Cowboy, only one has ever won an MVP. Would not be surprised. You know, it's really hard for running backs to win it. Henry is probably the only one that would even be in the conversation. And, and I don't know. I wonder if there's, if, if Dak, if, if the Cowboys go like 13 and four, 14 and three, and Dak continues on this level, you wonder if there's like that voting mentality of, man, the Cowboys, Dak, and that type of thing that sways it in his his favor. I'm going to take it just one level deeper. Um, like, it's not so much Dak and so much the Cowboys as it is this to me. Um, if he continues to play the way he does, is he's going to have more national TV, nobody else yeah. is playing but us appearances and then he's going to have more four o'clock games where 95% of the country is getting their game. And if he plays at the level that he's been playing, like Kyler Murray's not going to get that exposure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so his numbers may be just as good, but he ain't going to get that exposure. And, you know, Tom Brady will and Aaron Rodgers probably will, but Dak will have, you know, he'll be like Trump in terms of spending on the election. He just has so much more money, so much more exposure that it'd be hard to beat him. It's going to be interesting, too, man, because keep in mind, Dak and Kyler play each other in the second to last game of the year on January 2nd, 2022. That game currently is a noon kick. There's no way in hell that's staying at noon. I bet they flex that to Sunday night, and that may be whoever is perceived to play that game the best may be the NFL MVP. Check this out, dog. What if that game is that game in Dallas? or It's in Dallas. Yeah, it's in Dallas. What if that game was for home field advantage in the NFC and essentially <laughs> the MVP race? It might be. I mean, at this point, at this point, it is. I think it's very realistic to plot that out and say that that could happen. Yeah, because if the Cowboys play to their pedigree, they're probably going to win a minimum of 13 games because the schedule 
look so easy. Like, where are they at now? They're at five right now. Right, yeah. And they've got four more division games. They shouldn't lose any of those. I mean, that puts you at nine. Yeah, and even like the Saints and the Chiefs don't look like what we thought they were walking into the season, honestly. Right, right. But if you just if you just go against the bad teams like the Falcons, the Broncos, the Broncos, you know, Washington, the Giants, the Eagles. Yeah. See what I'm saying? If you take care of the teams that you're significantly better than, you know, you can you can be walking up at 13 or 14 wins this year. You're exactly right, man, because really the games to me that are up in the air, you might you might say the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Saints and the Cardinals. That's four more. So you lose five, you're 11 and five, you win two of those. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a very possible 13 and four level team that we're talking about right now going into the bye. Yeah. If you win the games you're supposed to be and if you play the way you're supposed to play. If. Capital I. If it's a fifth, we'd all be drunk. (laughs) Yeah, we would. And it'd be great. My mom had balls. She'd be my dad or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, there it is. Interesting. If I committed murder, I'd be in jail instead of doing this podcast. I but mean, so if, you would. if, if. There's a lot of ifs. You know, if the asteroids hadn't hit the dinosaurs, would they have eaten the first humans? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, I got to tell you, if I committed a crime, I've watched enough investigation ID, I would not get caught for a couple years. At least. At yeah, least. Because I've already taken my fingerprints off and stuff like that. Let's take a trip around the block and let's tell you about a couple of our fantastic sponsors. Beer Geek Shop, you guys know them, right? You've been there. Have you gotten the Jam Session six-pack for the month of October? If you haven't, I'm telling you, you are missing out on the most unique six-pack we have done. There are two different types of pumpkin beers in there. One of them is a pumpkin IPA brewed with habanero. The other one is a pumpkin Mexican cake stout or Mexican chocolate stout which has just a bit of bite on it, but the pumpkin works so well in that beer. We have a hazy IPA from one of the best breweries in DFW from Odd Muse. We have the first beer that we have ever been able to put in our six-pack from Rockwall's own Siren Rock Brewing, their Oktoberfest. It's phenomenal. It's in the six-pack. It's six beers, local crafted beers, Six beers for $19.99, only available at Beer Geek Shop in downtown Rockwall. Dude, Beer Greeks is fantastic. Did I call them geeks or Greeks? I think you said Uh, Beer Greeks, which is kind of fun because they kind of are the alpha and omega of beer shops. See how he did that? Uh, What makes it special, man, is that Jason and Deidre really know how to get it done. Deidre's my girl. Um, She can pick any beer to fit your palate, man. And uh, if you go in there and you're not in really a novice at craft beer, she can get you headed in the, direct, in the direction that's, uh, that's really best for you. And then if you're a vet like Matt and you've had a bunch of craft beer, she can say, hey, have you tried this? This will really take you to another spot. She's perfect at it. She's great at it. Go by there and sample some stuff because it's all singles, which means you never get a six-pack of bad beer. That's exactly right, man. Make it happen. It's Beer Geek Shop local, family-owned, Jason and Deidre in that Jam Session six-pack. $19.99, good for the month of October. Get over there in downtown Rockwall, just off the square. Also, of course, Aaron and his crew at HFX Foundation Solutions. Again, th- this is another one of those things. And, and, you know, I tell you guys this, this is one of those, you kind of hope you never have to use the number, but you need to have the number handy for when you do. Because this is one of those things, and as soon as you start to notice, you need to be giving them a call. 
1-800-242-0174. They service all of DFW. They're a full-service foundation repair company. And this is the type of thing that as soon as you notice something, I mean, anything, you are way better off calling them and scheduling a free inspection than you are going, eh, it's probably not a big deal. And then you wait a while, you call them, and they go, man, you should have called us a while back. Well, that's why you do it, because call is free. It doesn't cost you anything to pick up the phone and say, hey, can you give me? Can you come check my house out and see what you find? If they find nothing, ha-ha, it's time to pop some bottles, have a celebration. If they find something, as Matt just told you, the odds are you found it early before it could really morph into a disastrous event, and you saved yourself a bunch of money in the process. It's a win-win to have HFX come check your house out it is man it's easy to do they're a-rated with the better business bureau and again a local family company hfxfoundation.com or give them a call 817-770-0174 with hfx foundation solutions well it is time it is happening we finally know the news it's about damn time that they figured this out because one of my favorite shows that there is on television they have finally announced season four of Ozark. Oh yeah. Is coming in January. Yes, sir. It's about freaking time. Yes, which to your point, they're doing a two-part final season. So seven episodes will drop in January and the final seven episodes will drop who the hell knows when. And I say that because do you realize that by the time Ozark season 4 comes out, it will have been 22 months since season Dang. 3. Almost two years, bro. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And I know we went through a pandemic and all this crap, but figure it out. Bro, figure it out. It, it doesn't take that damn long. I may just kick, uh, I was going to say, I may, just, uh, I may just, just do it in a couple of months, man, or a month or so later. Just to make it officially two years? Yeah. <laughs> I love Ozark. I mean, Ozark to me is one of the best shows that there is, not just on television currently, but possibly that we've ever had. Oh, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. It had, I mean, it had everything. Great acting. It had a uh, an interesting story. It had what I personally love, which is the, oh, they'd never kill that character. He's too important. She's too, oh, yeah. oh she got, oh, whoa, my bad. I didn't see that coming. That, to me, makes great TV. Yeah, and you're like, oh, show. holy hell. I Whoa, what? I mean, that's pretty awesome, dude. Right. Because then, if they do that person, they'll do anybody, which means everybody's live. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I'm stoked. I'm glad that they finally figured that out. Like you season three dropped on Friday and, and we've watched the first six episodes of you season three, not as good as season one and two. That That's a show that the whole premise of it is really hard to replicate how great it was in season one. That's why I didn't get around to watching all of season two. Yeah. Season two kind of fell away in season three. I mean, the first few episodes, I mean, we, we both are like, I mean, really? Like, what are we doing? Well, Come on. Now, and, see, I haven't seen it, obviously, but the problem to me is. And Dexter ran into a little bit of this for those of you who go way back. Like, you can't keep getting away with these same crimes. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> like, and I don't I haven't seen That's it. Exactly but what it is. I just know, like, at some point over a period of time right. and years, if you keep doing that type of crime, like the 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 intelligence is so the CSI stuff is so good these days. There's cameras everywhere. Like you just can't continue to get away with it. And it makes sense that you got away with it. Yeah, and that's that's part of the problem with season three. Is that they've offed a couple of people where you're like, why what what you can't just kill people like that and just oh you magically can cover it up. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> By one person, by yourself. Right. I mean, it's like, I, you know, I don't know, man. And, and so 
we got four episodes left. Finally, in the last couple, like the first, I would say four episodes, we were like, what? And then episodes five and six, it kind of, it's coming back around to what made season one good. So now you got to finish it out with the last four episodes to see what happens in this season and how it wraps up. But do we I don't know. To, uh, do we need to give people an idea of what you is? Yeah, so if you haven't seen you, it's a show. I mean, it's about you. It's about this guy who stalks chicks and then kills them. And he is like creepy stalker. I mean, he knows everything about you, slowly integrates himself into your life where everybody thinks he's the perfect guy and he's obsessed with the need to protect and it's all about you. And then he'll see somebody else on the street. He goes, but wait, there she is. And then, well, now he's got to kill the other girl because right. he needs to be with this other person he's seen. And it feels like he's got uh, like he's got a mental disorder too. Yeah, right? he's Some he's a, of- he's got a little mental something, and he's serial killer, obviously. But yeah, and the first season is fantastic. I mean, it works really well, and it's, it actually is very believable. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. Yeah, that it's it's it would be hard to do that, replicate that numerous times where you're stalking somebody, killing somebody, stalking them, killing them. Pretty much, man. And but by I, yourself, you know, you know. But anyway. Have you seen Squid Games? You know, man, sometimes these shows get so much hype. I'm like, I'll just wait till it calms down. See, that's what I thought. And it's been number one. And apparently (laughs) Squid Games on Netflix is the most watched show they've ever had. Really? Because it's in another language. And so it has, I I don't know what language it's in, but it's dubbed over. And so it has a lot of worldwide appeal. And I had, I watched the preview. I was like, this looks dumb and stupid. And then some dudes at the station were like, hey, man, have you seen Squid Games? I'm like, no. And I said, what, what is it like? And they were telling me, I said, well, does it have, is it, it, it like violent, you say? Is it bloody? Is it gory? They're like, oh, dude, like, really? And I was like, really? Okay. All right. So if there's some creative blood and gore in this, I might be in to check it out. But, I, man, I cannot get past the preview. It looks horrible. I didn't even do the preview. I don't know. I like. I don't have a good reason why. I just decided like I. I don't. I'm not compelled to watch it. Maybe I didn't like the premise, or the premise wasn't intriguing enough. Oh. I don't know. I mean, I was. I was more intrigued by some show called The Chestnut Killer. I think. Um. I, I was trying to watch an episode mm. of that in between falling asleep, and it's one of those series that's got seven seasons, seven episodes. Yeah. And, and then then it's a wrap, which I think is a perfect thing. Well, I, I forgot about this. I had, so, you know, the lady friend's mom was here last week and visiting. And so a couple of nights we were just hanging out at the house and they wanted to watch this Britney Spears documentary. And there's a couple of parts where they update it with the latest information about what's going on in her world and stuff. Well, it was really interesting because one of the girls, I shouldn't say girls, one of the ladies in the documentary who managed Britney Spears early in her career was very yeah. good friends with my lady friend's mom when they were in high school together because Britney Spears is from the town where they grew up. Oh. Macomb, okay. Mississippi, originally. And so, yeah, it, it, so we watched it, and I was like, I guess it's okay. But, dude, the reason why I'm telling that part of it is to set this up. They kept showing these damn birth control commercials, and it's one thing when it's you and your woman. <laughs> when your lady friend's mom, and she's awesome. I love her. She's one of the sweetest human beings I've ever met in my life. She's a fantastic person. But I would feel like, I don't know what it is, but we're sitting there watching this and this birth control commercial comes on and it's this lady and she goes, welcome to my vagina. Oh. And I'm like, oh my God, no. And she goes, lady friend, have you thought about trying this? No, no, not that, but just, (laughs) it's just, you're sitting, it's like, 
Did you ever watch a movie with your mom and like a topless scene came on and it's this chick with nice boobs and your mom's in the room? And you're like, oh my God, please cut to another scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog. You know how, like, you're just like, what? No, not now. Not now. I don't yeah, want to be welcome to your vagina right now. <laughs> and it was a weird ass commercial when it was all about like, she's walking around inside this apartment. That's like the <laughs> vagina that she lives in. It was really weird. And they showed dude, it over dude. and over and over and over again. Like, my God, I haven't heard vagina used that many times in a movie, much less than a freaking 30 second commercial. Bro, we were watching something. This was a couple of months ago. And my grandson was in the room with us, and he's normally on his tablet doing something. But there was a kissing scene. Yeah, man. And he looks up, and he goes, they kissing, but I'm not watching. They kissing. They really kissing, but I'm not watching. I'm like, hey, dog, how you know they kissing if you're not watching? Well, I'm not watching, but, I, but they been kissing. <laughs> I'm like, man, take your tablet, go in the other room. Dude. It's always like that. Like I've watched movies with Maddox before and I've let him watch a couple of movies, but I knew what was in them. And I was like, you know, yeah. it's just like whatever. He's he's good for this. I've never let him watch a rated R movie, not, but I've let him watch a couple PG-13s. And, you know, like I, I let him watch Top Gun because Top Gun's planes and it's cool and it's, you know, it's fun. But I knew that one scene yeah. where he goes over to Charlie's house and they're going to do it, you know, and it shows them like making out and swirling tongues and stuff. And man, I, I like I saw it coming and I was like, all right, all right, bury your face in the pillows. He's like, why? I was like, put it pillows right now. And I paused it. And then he, he's like, you know, he, he does that. And then I fast forward through it and I get to the scene because that's the only thing in that movie that really, right. you know, and some of it is you just I'm just not ready for that conversation. And he's not ready for that understanding. OK, you know I mean, what I mean? Like sense. at that point yeah. in his life. Yeah. Like, it's one thing, you know, like a movie that says the F word or something. I'm like, well, I mean, I've said that in front of him, not, you know, like driving or whatever. Something happens. You go, oh, and he goes, dad. I'm like, I know. Right, right, right. I was like, you can't use that word yet. You don't know what it means, you know, but I can use it because I'm an adult. Right, right. You right. know, that type of thing. But it's it's always that that uncomfort of, you know, anytime that, that happens and like you were a kid or your kids are in the room or your, your parent, whatever. You know, like around my dad, it was never any big deal. But my mom was in the room, you know, and there's some scene where these people are doing it. You're just like, oh, no. <laughs> Even though, obviously, my parents have, because how am I in existence? I was going to say, are you sure they have? Because typically parents don't do that sort of thing. Oh, no. My parents definitely do. Oh, well, and as they would right. say, they would say, and as soon as my mom listens to this podcast, she'll be laughing and text me. You're right. I do say that. You know, you're lucky that your parents love each other enough to where they still want to do these things with each other. And I was like, you know you what? Know, That's very true. I used to tell my uh, my kids that. Say, so would you rather me beat her? Jesus <laughs> God! That's the alternative. <laughs> God, man, well, you know, I was thinking I was, about you just so you don't like each other. And here you are taking it to that level. God, well, I was trying to show the clear juxtaposition of these things. Yeah, like, that'd be the opposite end of the spectrum. You're right. Yeah, Like you'd really much prefer this gross thing you're seeing here as opposed to something. Else. Right. Then, then the opposite way or, or, you know, any type of disconnect. But yes, I always thought that. You know, you, you, you hope that throughout the course of life, as you age and, and all that, that you can continue to carry it the way that, that some people are able to. I think there is something to that. And it's pretty cool. But anyway, there is that story. The other thing I wanted to get to here in the block, I did not realize that they don't do this every year. Texas yes. Monthly. 
Texas Monthly has put out their rankings of the top 50 places in the state of Texas for barbecue. Okay, now check this out, bro. You got to understand. I mean, I think you know that I'm a barbecue lover. Yes. And that this is one of the lists that I get, I study it, I bookmark it, and then I start trying to knock places off that I haven't been. Well, this is interesting to me because, and again, I did not know, the last time they did this was in 2017. Wow, I didn't realize it was that long. So they have not updated the list in almost five years. To compile the list, more than 30 Texas Monthly staffers and freelancers spent weeks during this past summer crisscrossing Texas in search of the state's best barbecue. The number one barbecue location in the state of texas according to this you know once every few years list from texas monthly is a place i had never heard of i have never been it is in fort worth goldie's barbecue bro i thought the exact same thing like like really like how could it be the best and i've never even heard of it i mean like i had heard of number 10 which is panther city and i've never been there Right. Uh, but I've heard of almost every place in DFW that, oh, the barbecue is fantastic. You should you should figure out a way to get there. And I've been to, you know, I'd say probably 60 or 70 percent of them. But like that's on my list now because I like I like I, I got to see what the hype's all about. Yeah, that that blew my mind because like I said, I mean, I it, it's one thing like I've never been there. I had never heard of it. Yeah, like. Until I read this article, reading this article is the first time in my life I've heard of Goldie's Barbecue in Fort Worth. And part of the reason why, apparently, is it just opened in 2020. Can it be that good if it just opened in 2020? All the pitmasters are in their 20s, and they are pitmasters who have worked at Franklin's, La Barbecue, Micklethwaite, and Valentina's, which are all considered some of the best barbecue spots in Texas. This sounds like the highwaymen of barbecue. Like, okay, what does that mean? Well, so the highwaymen in country music was Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, and Willie Nelson. Like the, the powers that be at, at, at some point in country music all formed a band. And oh, okay. I, I kind of wonder if that's what we're talking about here with this Goldie's barbecue. Well, at some point, you know what, dog? I may go this weekend because there's a bye week. And normally my weekends, and I'm not going to Jackson State this weekend. Yeah. And normally my weekends are just jam-packed. I may just take the Porsche out and roll over to Fort Worth because that means I can drive on the highway and let it out a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, I've only driven it like once in the last three weeks Uh, because I've been out of town a lot. Right. I may just just do that Saturday, man. Go grab some, go watch some college football somewhere, and then drive back home. That might be the thing to do because – I think that's the move, bro. So it's interesting. So the way Texas Monthly does it is they only list out their top 10 and then the other 40 are just in whatever order you think they're in. Right. Okay. But so number two is Interstellar Barbecue, which is down in Austin. I've never been there. Right. Number three is Houston. It's called Truth Barbecue in Houston. Never been there. Number four is Burnt Bean Company. And the Burnt Bean Company is in Seguin, which is, you know, down there kind of in the Hill Country area, somewhat right, I, not not too far from Austin. I was going to say it's really uh, I pass it on my way to San Antonio. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. It's closer to San Antonio. That's a that's a yeah. better way of putting it. Leroy and Lewis Barbecue, which is also in Austin. Never been there. 
feel bad, man. You've got, oh, we haven't been there, but we sure as hell had it. Number Cadillac, six, baby. Cadillac Barbecue in Dallas, which I thought was the best barbecue I've ever had in my life. It was sensational. That was, remember that? That was that Wagyu brisket that was unbelievable. Yeah. They just brought it up to the station, man. Yeah. I said, Ted, baby. Because uh, he said Emmett Smith loved it, and I texted him, and I said, yo, bro, we got this Cadillac. He was like, it's the best. It is. It, it, that, to me, is the best I've ever had. Number seven is in Austin, Franklin Barbecue, of course, which is world famous and James Beard Award winning and all that, and it's, it's legit. Franklin is up there as the best non-Wagyu barbecue I've ever had. Their brisket's unbelievable. Right, right, right. Let's see. Number eight is Evie Mays, and that is in Wolforth. Uh, where is that at? I seem like I've seen that somewhere. Seem like that's uh, that is out near kind of oh, near you know Lubbock. What oh, is it? Yeah, that's that's way out in West Texas. Right. I, I guess you would consider it a suburb of of Lubbock. It's like on the outskirts of Lubbock. All right, then that ain't what I was thinking. So I, I was wrong on that one. All right. Snow's Barbecue, which I've heard a ton of, and there is a Netflix series that featured Snow's Barbecue, which is in Lexington, and that one's been around for like twenty years. Lexington's in the middle of nowhere in central Texas. It's like a super tiny town. And it's one of those places that, that I don't even know if people realized existed until ne- I, what was the name of that Netflix show? Chef's barbecue table or whatever. I know what you're talking about. And it was featured on there. And I mean, it is old school, man. And, and I mean, I am talking, it is a dot on the map in the fricking middle of nowhere. That's kind of in, like halfway in between Austin and college station in the hill country. All right. And then that's a definite trip that you've planned to take. Yeah. Just running up on Lexington. And and you need to get that's one where you have to go there early because there is always a line and they serve it till they run out. And then number 10, which you mentioned you've been, I've never been, is also in Fort Worth Panther City Barbecue. No, I've actually never been. I've just heard. Okay. All right. Uh, For whatever, you know, I'm a barbecue guy. So I follow them on Twitter and it's one of the places I've been meaning to get to, but let's keep it real. Um, during football season and stuff, it's just hard to get to Fort Worth. You know now, the other ones in the top 50 that are in the DFW North Texas area, Hurtado Barbecue in Arlington, which is fantastic. Yeah, it is. Slow Bone in Dallas, which is right there off of Riverfront and Wycliffe, and it's very, very good. Smoky Joe's Barbecue in Dallas. Yes, sir. Terry Black's Barbecue in Dallas, and Terry Black's is fantastic. Yeah, it is. Dane's Craft Barbecue in Fort Worth, which I've never even heard of. Never heard of that. Smokeaholics Barbecue in, in I guess that's Fort Worth. I'm unfamiliar with that. Yeah, me too. Hutchins Barbecue in Frisco. I've had that. Oh, we've had that. And their brisket, too, is off the chain. So are their poppers with, what is that, the jalapenos? Yeah, the bacon uh, thing. Yeah, that thing's, yeah. That and thing then you also have on me. Zavala's Barbecue in Grand Prairie. I ain't never been there. Now, I have to say, I'm actually stunned that Smokey John's Barbecue is not on here. I, I, I got to be straight up honest with you. I think of some of these that I on the list that I've had, I think Smokey John's is better than them, whether they are one of our sponsors or not. And then also Heim Barbecue, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked they're, they're not on there. Their bacon burn-ins are to die for. They are. They are, man. And... and yeah, I, I'm. I'm actually really, really surprised. I, I it, it, you know, I mean, I'm no barbecue expert, but I Smoky Johns is legit, crazy good. I, I would. Yeah. I don't know how you do a top fifty and Smoky and Johns a, is not there. And there's a spot in Cedar Hill that has been on that list of whose name I can't remember because they're in a little bitty hole in the wall. 
but they're fantastic too. Right off of Tidwell Road in Cedar Hill. Oh, Tidwell, I like that. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Yeah, because see, we can say this on podcast. See, you. I thought I heard. I thought you heard. I thought I heard you say Tidwell, but then I was also thinking you can tip well, and I said Haha, it depends on how you hear it. Whether it's a double entendre or not. So it really I does. I myself. And both are followed by the word well, and it works for me. Yeah, yeah, it does. It is time. We do it every week. Check in with our ESPN Cowboys insider, as always, brought to you by BlueStarMotorGroup.com. It is Todd Archer joining us here. And Todd, five and one, man. I mean, they've done it. They've won five in a row. They went up into big, bad Foxborough, and they tried. They tried to, to let all the ghosts and the win. We haven't won since 87. Bite them in the ass. But how big of a win is it for that team, for confidence, to go on the road against Bill Belichick and pull that win out? It has to be a, a good bit of confidence, even if this isn't the Tom Brady Patriots, right? It's still Bill Belichick. Uh, I mean, and, and, you know, Tampa was up there two weeks prior and didn't do what the Cowboys did. So, against that defense, I mean, it, you know, when, when Belichick has coached 619 games as a head coach or defensive coordinator, and that's the most yards he's ever allowed, that has to be, that has to give you some kind of confidence. And, and as an offense, and then for the team, they weren't perfect. Obviously, with the penalties and the with the big plays that they allowed on the defense and things like that. But to pull it out the way they did it, I think absolutely gives you a little little more boost, or a little more balance. If even if you had blown them away, what are you doing, Jock? What are you talking about? I was wondering the same thing. I was like, what What was that noise? Did you like how I, I knew was... it was Jock and it wasn't Matt? <laughs> all right congratulations folks um sending your uh, your name and your screenshot that you're listening to the show because that was the secret noise audio it's a new it's a new thing that we're doing on the show whenever i have a secret noise if uh archer or clarence or matt can pick it up we give you guys a gift that we send to you god you'd be giving away like 100 gifts of podcast <laughs> Wait a minute! Don't I, I just noticed it, so I get whatever the winner gets, right? Yeah. I, 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 I agree. Okay. What's, I won. what's the prize? It's a box of chocolate Oreo cereal. <laughs> okay, okay. God, that was nice. Random. <laughs> Ask a question. God, <laughs> I was scratching my wrist. I'm sorry. Your microphone I was going to tape to the wrist. I was uh, well. I was. I hadn't moved it out of my hand, so you know, man. I have these problems. I'm sorry. I was going to say, what does it say to you about this offense that they continue to be kind of dual-minded and they feel like they're taking the old Patriots approach of we game plan by the week, not the universal game plan? Yeah. It's, it's Ultimately, it's everything Jason Garrett told us the Cowboys wanted to be during his tenure here in offense, and rarely were they that. They were that in 2014. When they had, you know, obviously DeMarco led the league in rushing and, and Dez led the league in touchdown catches and Romo threw for a club record yards, I think, that year. Uh, even in 2016, I don't think they were that good because it was Dak's rookie year and, you know, the, the passing game wasn't that that great because it didn't, in part because it didn't need to be. Um, but, yeah, they, they can beat you any which way. And it's not just that they can game plan each week, right? They can change it up as they go along. Like the Patriots gave them some looks that they weren't expecting, and boom, they just change it up on, on the fly. And, and 
and altered how they went about it. Because they wanted to run the ball. Patriots kind of took that away uh, from them, and then they were able to, to gash them through the air, in which, you know, I, I was a little surprised at that take. I thought the Patriots, if they were going to, quote, they'd rather die a slow death and let you, hey, okay, let's see you execute, execute 10, 12-play drives and score touchdowns. And, you know, they, they kind of let – I don't want to say they let him because the Cowboys took it from him. But their M.O. seemed to be, let's see if Dak can beat us, and he beat them. You know, I wonder if they had so many injuries in their secondary, they didn't think they were capable of taking the, the passing game away. Yeah, it, it had to have been. And then they lost so many guys during the game, too. I mean, Hightower went out, Bentley went out. Um, the, the guys in the secondary secondary got hurt. They, they weren't with the guys at the start of the game. So, yeah, I mean, they were kind of posed a little bit from a personnel perspective. But – that's not the Cowboys' fault. So they did. They did what they had to do. <laughs> and you know what I liked it was. We always said like when, and I, I wish I could give you an example during the Patriots game of what I'm going to say. But like, you know, cornerback would go down another team, and the backup would go in, and the Cowboys, I'm going to say, never went at that guy. And right. I know they 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 would, but now it's like, okay, where's this guy? We're going at him. And, and now look, Justin Bethel made a couple plays, but he's a special teams dude. Um, and he led, made a play led to the pick in the end zone. But that was the guy that they, you know, they said, okay, this is a special teams guy. We're going at that guy. And I think that's something that Kelmore does a good job of when he says, this guy can't stop my guy. That's the guy I'm targeting. Not like that. Plus, they got enough weapons, man, where mm-hmm. they don't have to go out of their way to get the matchup on, on, on a certain player. They can just run their regular offense and just target him. Yeah. Yeah, no question. I mean, it's they're rolling. And, you know, I can't believe we're however many minutes into this thing and we get to talk about Dak's calf because that's the key, right? I mean, yeah. if if this is something that lingers and lasts a long time, then all the good feelings you have at five five and one might be feeling differently if he's not playing on Halloween against Minnesota. Well, what, that was going to be my next question for you. So you just t- take it from there. And then what is the update? What's the the inside thought on that about how serious this actually might be, if at all? Yeah, you know, I go back to the summer when they told us about his arm. We're not worried about it. We're not worried about it. He's going to be fine. And maybe this is a distinction without difference, but now it's like, well, we're optimistic. So that is a little <laughs> different, right? Like that they got to, you know, if he was playing, if they had to play this week, I would almost bet he wouldn't play. Yeah, uh, But the it. fact that you do have the two weeks, the sense that you get from not just Dr. Jerry or um, McCarthy, MD, or any of the other people in the building, they're, they seem to be as they, they seem to have some confidence that he'll be able to go. And you've listened to Troy Aikman today on the ticket. He said, "Look, as a quarterback, there are ways you can protect yourself through these injuries better than you can at other positions." You know, Michael Gallup missed five weeks with a hand, uh, with a calf strain. Well, clearly, Dak's not running any eighteen-yard dig routes, right? So it's a little <laughs> different now. Right, he does right. have to push off that leg, and that's got to be fun. oh, and oh, by the way, he's. Uh, 13 months removed from breaking that ankle um, on, on the same leg. So, you know, I, I think he plays, and I will emphasize the think part of it right now against Minnesota. But, you know, I'm sure whatever bye week plans Dak had, I'm sure they got scuttled, scuttled because he's going to have to be at the star to get treatment and make sure the swelling is out, get, you know, just kind of be fully ready to go when they get back on Monday. I think that's good. Cause I oh, and by the way, if, da- if, Dak, if Dak's plans don't get scuttled, 
he'll be smart enough not to put anything on social media or be in places <laughs> to where people will see him out and about. Right. Uh, that, that he's not getting treatment. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways to go, but I'm curious as to, uh, especially with this being a bye week, let's look ahead a little bit. Um, where, how much money is Randy Gregory making himself? And how a do you lot? structure that deal? <laughs> and that's the great question. And it's not just, yeah, I mean, he's, he's putting it, teams need, it, it's a tough case because we all know Randy's past. Not only do we know Randy's past, so do all these other teams too. How much is someone going to say, let's give Randy Gregory, we'll pick a number, Jacques, a per, average per year number for him. $12 million a year? I'd say 12 or 14 Okay, so so what teams are going to say, let's go get Randy Gregory $12 million a year when he's had, coming off one season, which he, you know, looks like the part and all the baggage that comes with it. So maybe the Cowboys might end up bidding against themselves in that, some respects, but um, and, and maybe Randy will have some loyalty to the Cowboys. Not that you're going to turn down boatloads of cash. You just yeah, you can't do that. But I, I think he does have loyalty to the team that stuck with him through all of his issues. Not that he's going to take a hometown discount, um, but I, I think he realizes a good thing that's going on here. But yeah, he. How much money is he going to make? How much money is Dalton Schultz going to make? Oh, by the way, how much money is Cedric Wilson going to make? No he's doubt. Like, that's another dude. So. For all the feel good that 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 this team has right now, it's gonna look. This team is gonna look vastly different in twenty twenty two. You want me to tell you what that means to me, man? That's to me that that exactly. You have, and this reminds me of another year, and I can't remember which year it was. It may have been twenty fourteen, but you have the team that if you're going to do something, you need to go do it because. You're losing all of these key guys. You can't possibly keep them all. Some or all of them could leave. And so you got now, you got the draft picks that you've groomed and developed, and now they're ready to explode. You got the veterans. You got the young stars. If you're ever going to get it done, this is a hell of a year to get it done. Even if you capture the proverbial lightning in a bottle and you're, you know, 10 and 7 next year or 9 and 8, doesn't matter because you did what you were supposed to do the year that you had it all together. I, I'll take it an, another step forward too. And, and because yeah, of the, take it. Where the forward is, where, where their cap situation is. So you go and make a trade for a legitimate piece to a puzzle, the, the, the final piece, whatever, whatever you want to say, you need a defensive tackle. You need another cornerback. You need whatever it is you think you got to go get. Do you go all in and cool. go do that? I would, because I, mean, it, I would. It's been 25 I, years. Not there's no that, guarantee man. in the 27th. This is the 20. This is the 26th year, right? So there's no guarantee in the yeah. 27th year you're going to be in the same position again. So and I, would, I don't know. It's something to think about. No, no, I think it's real. And I would take the uh, I would take the Bill Parcells approach to it as well, which is who scares you? If you're the Cowboys, you go. If you're the Cowboys' perspective, you go. We're as good as anybody in the NFC. You know, so nobody's scaring us. There's some other teams that are just as good as us, but nobody's scaring us. So, yeah, let's go get it done. Uh, and I'm like Archer, you know, if you think center is the problem, go get the dude early so he's got, you know, a month, six weeks to get in sync with everybody else. If you think it's corner, they don't need a lot of time. Hey, go cover that dude yeah. right there, move Anthony Brown to the slot and keep it moving. Um, so there's some moves to be made. 
if they want to make them. But I would go all in, man, because I don't know if you're going to be this equipped for another few years. No, no. I mean, and again, they, they've been in this spot in 14, not a bad cap situation. They've been in spot in 16. Obviously, Dax and his rookie deals are in a decent cap situation. You know, now you're in a situation where it ain't good from a cap perspective. And you can you can restructure guys. and But it's not just restructuring guys. You're probably going to have to get rid of some guys, too, like that, that make a, a bunch of money. So this this is the hard part of, of Stephen Jones's job as the guy and Will Will McClay and you know Jerry and throw Mike McCarthy throw them on there. This is this is why you need that. I, I'm not even going to call it a middle class in the NFL. You you need the lower class in the NFL to come through for your year in and year out to to plant uh, to um. Bold and bold in your roster because you just can't afford to pay everybody. You know, Jacques and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, and, and, and you were talking about Dak and the calf and the health and all that. But, and I know we're only six games into this thing, but when you look at MVP of whatever chunk of the season we're through right now, I mean, how high up that list is Dak Prescott with the way he's been playing early on? I don't know how, I don't know how he's anywhere outside the top three, five. Yeah. Right, I mean, who, who else? Okay, well, you put Lamar Jackson in the conversation. Okay, Kyler, um, yeah, Kyler Murray's undefeated. Matthew Stafford's done what everybody thought he'd do for the Rams, playing for a good team. Um, but Dak's right has to be right in there. And, and I know we just named nothing but quarterbacks. It's, there's got to be some other players that we're missing. I mean, you look at what Derrick Henry did last night. It, right, if the Titans go on a, a on a big run here, but I mean. The numbers are ridiculous. I mean, it's four yeah. straight games of three touchdown passes. No Cowboys quarterback has ever done that. And those stats are always kind of – they're not misleading, but they are they don't take into account what the game was like when Roger and Troy and Meredith played and the way they played with Romo early on. Um, but now it's just a different game. Like, you're throwing fades from the one. How many fades did Emmett throw – or did Troy throw from the one, Jock? I think it was 13. Shut up. <laughs> was it really 13, or were you just throwing a number out there? No, I, I, I threw a number out there and said it with supreme confidence. Right. Well, no, that was pretty good. But <laughs> you see my point. I mean, you got Emmett back yeah, there, yeah, and he's yeah. got 810 touchdowns. Like, it's just a different way that the game is, is managed and played. But, yeah, I mean, he's played – given the absence last season, given the absence in training camp this year – Aside from Dak and his family, and I'm just going to leave it with Dak and his family, there's no way anybody else thought he would come back and play at this high of a level this quickly. The Cowboys can say it, the, the Jerry and Steven and, and McCarthy and the teammates can say it, but no. Um, no. The only person who thought that they, he would play at this high a level in the first six games of the season with that absence last season in training camp is Dak. And he, he's just been outstanding. Now, it's been sensational, man. I called for him to be the MVP today in the column I wrote in the Dallas Morning News. But um, I thought you wrote for the undefeated. I write for everybody, man. JJT Media Group is oh. very busy these days. Um, <laughs> but I think it's his command of the offense, man. His ability to play in the pocket, out of the pocket. I think he was 9 of 11 for 171 yards on the, on the run against New England. He's he can make literally every throw, dude. And um, as we've discussed before, the game has slowed down for him at twenty eight, 
And he's just not entering his prime, man, with this, you know, litany of weapons to throw the ball to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, I, I, I joked about what Cedric Wilson getting get paid. The biggest play of the game was probably the fourth down catch by Cedric Wilson. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You know, in, in, at the start of the season, you know, I was probably saying, ah, Dalton Schultz, yeah, he, he's, he's a solid player, but it, it's a situation where, yeah, someone had to catch those passes as a tight end last year. No one else was around. Well, he's kind of gone on and done more than than just be the the guy. And uh, he's done more. He's become a legit tight end target. That's probably going to get ten million bucks a year. And Dak helped made him a lot of money. So we talked about that before. How many guys has Dak helped get paid? Or, or and, and when we you know because Romo got LeBron Robinson and Miles Austin <laughs> and all these other guys kind of paid right. Well, Dak is right. now doing that with a couple of these guys too, where he's making them some good coin. Okay, this is the time in the show where Archer says what? Hey, Matt. Don't you think I gave Taylor a pretty good column right there, Matt? Uh-oh, it's the Jacques White guy uh, voice. No. <laughs> By the way, I don't sound like that for everybody listening. That's, that's but, Jacques White guy uh, voice. Come on. <laughs> I, I've given Jacques, I, I don't want to tell you how many columns I've given you, not only on this call, but throughout the year, that I, you know, I just kind of let it go for that long. Because there's a couple I want to keep for myself on this call. I got to tell you, Matt, <laughs> if I had a nickel for every column I've given Taylor, I'd be a rich man, Matt. God, not, what, what is he, 75 years old? Now I'm Mickey Spagnola. God. Thanks, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Archer's my boy, man. I know it. That's fantastic. <laughs> You know, the funny thing, we kind of mentioned this, Jacques. We were in, I don't know, the bye week, you're 5-1, and one, everything's going right. It's It's been, it feels like this has a chance to be that type of 07, 14, 16 type season where this is a team that can win 13, 14 games maybe with the 17-game schedule now. But then, of course, it's going to come down to, you got the only way you can make it different, of course, is is you have to get past that hump in the playoffs, which we won't even know if they can do that until January, of course. But it feels... It feels like this team is on that level. Like they, they can be one of those types of teams going into the playoffs. Well, I mean, I, I played this game with a fellow media member today, yesterday, one of those days. <laughs> Who's left on the schedule that you say they're going to lose that game? There's no way they're going to beat that team. And like when they play Kansas City, depending on what they do here lately, I'm probably going to pick them to lose against Kansas City. Right. Arizona's right now, it's at home. Might be a toss-up game, even if Arizona's undefeated. Um, right. New Orleans, probably a toss-up game. And, and I'll put Minnesota as a toss-up game, just because you're coming off the bye and we don't know what that injury situation is. So that was one, two, three, four toss-up games. So the rest of them, clearly, I think they're going to win the rest of those games. So you're talking 12 wins right there. Right? Is my math right? That yeah, because yeah, yeah. you'd be 12 and 5. Yeah, 12 and 5. And 12 and 5. So, and, and now, not all those toss up games are going to go your way, and all the games you think they're going to win. Um, but yeah, now it, it turns into, as we've talked about, it turns into a math equation at some point. That you're in, now what are you, where are you going to be? Where's the, where are you in the, in the puzzle board um, going into the playoffs? And I would think that with McCarthy's history, although people just want to kick him in the, you know what, every single time he does something that 
that they base the the their their feeling on the result, not what he actually did. You, you're going to feel about hit, this guy. Hit, he's gone to four NFC title games. He's gone to a Super Bowl. That when they do get to that point, or if they get to that point, you feel a little bit better about them getting past that point because of his track record. Whereas with the last coaching staff, when they would get to the divisional round, it's like. Well, they've never done this before, and no one on this staff has really done this before. Well, they had a guy. Just the, the head coach had never done it as a head coach. So, you know, it, I, that's just something else to think about when they do get to the playoffs. That, you know, maybe maybe that will be the benefit of McCarthy's um, track record in Green Bay, even if no one wants to give him a lick of credit for what what's going on right now. And I'm not saying he he did. You got to give him all the credit. Yeah. And, and look, there are, he makes you raise your eyebrows a few times a game, but he does deserve some credit for what they've been able to do. Yeah, he does. right. I mean, I mean, you, you hear some of the shows on TV, and that, uh, they're talking like he's just like a nincompoop, like he's got no idea. It's like, good gosh, like they are five and one. You can't at some point. <laughs> you you got to say, all right, the guy's doing something right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think that's fair. You have to give him some credit at this, but he's a head coach. I mean, it's not like well, he's just walking a, in there and other guys are just doing whatever they want. He's the head coach. And again, with with Garrett back in the day in 14, 16, and 18, he didn't get any credit, right? In 14, it was Romo and Scott Linehan and Murray and Dez. It was, you know, on an opportunistic defense with Rod Marinelli as a coordinator for the first year. In 16, it was like Dak and Zeke have rejuvenated this thing, and I realized Jason was named the coach of the year that year. And in 18, it was the, the trade for Amari Cooper. Like nothing Garrett could do because he didn't call the plays. He didn't call the defenses. Nothing he could do could, could give him any kind of credit. And maybe some of the reason why he couldn't get credit at all is because his first, he was part of the old coaching staff that couldn't get over the top. In his first three years here, he went eight and eight as head coach. So now with McCarthy, it's, oh, man, Kellen Moore, how great is he? And whew, look at that. Dan Quinn, he's changed his ways. And, oh, my gosh, Dak and Zeke, the offensive line, C.D. Lamb, Amari, Cooper, Dalton Schultz, Trayvon Diggs has 58 picks in, in six games. You know, so at some point, McCarthy's like 12th on the give him some credit list, and no one wants to get to 12. <laughs> That's very yeah, true. No, I think it's true. How much credit uh, – I mean, what are we giving him credit for? Well, I mean – We're giving him you, credit for hiring – Whether you want Go ahead. Yeah, you, you get credit for, for hiring Quinn. And, and look, did he try and hold on to Mike Nolan? It depends on who you talk to uh, a little bit there. But um, did he hire Dan Quinn? He said, here you go, run your defense. And they've, they've done a better than expected job, or maybe they've done what people hoped that they would do in terms of their numbers and where they are in yards per game and things like that. No one wants to believe it, but he kept Kellen Quinn, Kellen Moore as the as the play caller. Everybody thinks Jerry forced him to do that, or a lot of people do. But here's a guy who said, "I will never not call plays again." He takes this job. Maybe that was like maybe he felt like there's nothing else he could do in that situation, but keep Kellen as the play caller. Um, so give him credit for that one, and, and I think you know give him credit for having this team physically ready to play. And I, I go back to the short week after the Philadelphia game on a Monday night. They weren't in pads that whole week. I think with Jason Garrett, those guys might have been on pads, been in pads on Wednesday or Thursday coming off that game, maybe Thursday. Uh, because, you know, you got to set the tone and be physical. 
I think he has a good understanding of, of how to get players ready physically for, for a game. You give him credit for that. I, I mean, there are things to give him credit for now. And there are also things that you can say, why didn't you call the timeout earlier against the Chargers? Why'd you try a 60 yard field goal against Tampa Bay? Why'd you call a timeout after CD's catch against the Patriots? Why didn't you call a timeout against the Eagles at the end of the first half? Like, there are game management things you can point at, which is true for every coach. None of them, there's not a guy who's any good at this. And I realize there probably is, but we cover this team. <laughs> but mo- both, the bulk of the league, they all struggle with this game management stuff. There are people in New England, the dude's got six Super Bowls up there, and they're saying he should have gone for it on fourth down in overtime. What do well, you think? Okay, if he doesn't get it, well, if he doesn't get it, the next score wins the game. All right. Like, all they have to have to do, what would they have to have driven? Seven yards to get in field goal range? And you've given up 530 yards by that point? I mean, I, I think punting was probably the right thing to do, to be honest with you, just to, to hope this is the one time the Cowboys either mess up themselves with another penalty and put themselves in a situation they can't overcome, or your defense actually makes a play. I, I don't know. If Bill Belichick can get questioned for his game management, anybody can, I guess, is probably the way I'm trying to say this. And and McCarthy deserves some of it, but again, he deserves some credit for what they're doing. Very true and fair. All right, Todd Archer, as always, man, we appreciate the time. Thanks, as always. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the bye week. <laughs> you too? Where's Jackson State <laughs> this week? I think they've got uh, Bethune-Cookman at the crib, but I don't think I'm going down there for that one. Well, right. How am I going to know if they won or not? I'll send you a text. All right. See you guys. All right. See you, man. Have a good week. All right. Uh, there he is. That's Todd Archer, of course, brought to you as always by BlueStarMotorGroup.com. Blue Star Motor Group, if you haven't been to the website, I ask you, what is your problem? Do you not like looking at wonderful car deals? And, and this is true. Like on a serious note, and I, I mention this all the time. At some point, you're going to need a new vehicle. At some point, you're going to want to look into selling yours. You may know somebody in your life. It may be your own kid that's turning 16 and you're going to need a deal for them. Blue Star and Motor Group needs to be at the forefront of your mind. It's local. It's family owned. Deb and Mike, they are just wonderful people and they want to help you. They want to find you a deal. And if you don't see what you're looking for on their website, I'll tell you straight up. If you'll just shoot Deb a text, let her know what it is that you're looking for. She'll set out and about of getting that for you and locating it somewhere for you. It's Deb, 817-881-4066. You've got to give them a call if you are looking into the world of automobiles. The thing about Deb and Mike, man, is it's a win-win situation, man. It's a it's a deal where, yeah, they want to win on a deal, but they also want you to win on a deal. And to me, that's important. Um, and so that's why I say if you've got a car you're buying or you're selling, Give them a call. I guarantee you it's going to be hard to beat whatever deal they present to you because what they're looking for is a deal that makes everybody happy at the end of the day. And all of us who've bought a car know that that's not always the case. That's correct, man. I mean, it's the way to do it. They make the process simple and they're going to help you out. They'll give you a better deal because they don't have the overhead of dealerships. Right now, they've got a 2019 Ford Mustang GT Premium with GT Performance Pack. It is on their website right now. It is white with black interior, only 15,000 miles. And guys, they've got this thing at a wildly good deal, a deal that 
is for this type of a car. Again, it's just one of those that only they can offer. They've got it for less than $42,000. That's a steal for this level of Mustang. Shoot her a text, give her a call. 817-881-4066. You can see that Mustang and a variety of other cars in their inventory at bluestarmotorgroup.com. Also, of course, as always, we like to tell you, they, they just go hand in hand. You talk about Blue Star Motor Group, and then you're like, well, I mean, now that you've got your new car, you, you need to make sure you're changing the oil regularly. You got to get a state inspection at some point. That's why you're going to take it over to Freeway Tire Shop. JR and his crew, they'll get you set, man. They will take care of you. His shop just north of downtown Dallas. The one thing about mechanics that we all struggle with is that trust word. How do I know I can trust you that you're telling me the truth? JR and his guys, both Jacques and I will vouch for them all day. He will tell you straight up what the deal is, and he's going to give you a fair competitive price. No, I mean, that's the whole key, man. And the reason I take my car as a JR is just that. It's a trust, man. You trust that one, he'll diagnose whatever the problem is with your car, that he'll use quality parts to fix it, because that is not the case everywhere with everybody. That uh, he'll give you a fair price uh, to fix it, and then, man, he'll stand behind his work. It's hard to get all four of those from a car from a car repair shop, man. And the reason why I take my cars there is I ain't a car guy. I don't want to worry about it. I trust JR to fix it and uh, give it to me at a fair price and stand behind his work. Dude, did I get any better than that? It does not, my friend. So make it happen. It is Freeway Tire Shop. Obviously, they have tires. I'll tell you right now, and this is true, much like all of our sponsors, if you're not checking in with them, if you're not at least giving them a shot, you're wasting your money and you're wasting your time. You got to at least give them a shot. That's what I'm telling you with Blue Star Motor Group. I'm telling you that with Freeway Tire Shop. We all have to deal with these things in life at some point. At some point, you need to take your vehicles over to Freeway Tire Shop. You can check them out online. You can schedule an appointment, request a quote at freewaytireshop.com. All right, as we continue here, uh, the Dallas Mavericks, and, and man, I, I don't know what to make of them, but I do know that, believe it or not, the Dallas Mavericks regular season starts on Thursday. They open the season Thursday night. They are in the, on the road in Atlanta, Luka against Trey Young, which should be pretty cool. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Mavs have their first couple of games on the road. They, they go from Atlanta on Thursday to Toronto. How that makes sense, I don't know, but they'll be on Tor- in Toronto on Saturday night. Their home opener is next Tuesday, October 26th against the Rockets. But this is an interesting Mavs team. I've been reading on them and what people think. Obviously, it's all Luka, Luka, Luka. Luka's going to be an MVP candidate. We all know that. But there still seems to be, and I think it's fair. Nobody knows what Jason Kidd's going to be like. Did, did he truly learn from where he's been? He's replacing one of the best X's and O's coaches that the NBA has in Rick Carlisle. Is Kristaps Porzingis, who finally had a healthy offseason, and, and like a, he's like the Randy Gregory offseason finally, is he going to maintain his health and be the unicorn? And then are they going to have enough of the guys? Is Hardaway going to continue doing what we've seen him do? You know, some of the guys that they signed in 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 free agency, right? are they going to be... And I know that they weren't, I mean, man, some of the tweets we got about that at some points, people are just like pissed off. Oh, they're not going to be able to do this and that with Sterling Brown and Reggie Bullock, the guys, the bigger names they signed in free agency. But those guys both were in the top 15 in the NBA last year in catch and shoot percentage, which is what you want to put around Luka because the, he, you're going to be open with Luka on the floor. Can you hit the shots? And, and I, 
I don't know what to make of this team, but I know with Luka, they're going to the playoffs. True that. I think uh, a lot will be determined because if, you, if you've read a lot about the Mavs heading into the season, they've changed the style of play under Jason Kidd. Like, yeah. They're not going to be a team that shoots 43s a night based on what we've read in terms of what Jason Kidd wants to do, that they'll be a little more tenacious on defense, uh, that he wants uh, some more uh, you know, buckets in the, in the paint. He doesn't want Porzingis standing out there at the three-point line. Uh, he wants the ball. How about this, man? He wants the ball out of Luka's hands on a regular basis. Like, you can have it, but you got to get rid of it. You can't pound it. And so it'll be interesting to see how all of that takes effect. Uh, it worked like hell in the, in the in the in the preseason, but we'll see what happens during the season. Yeah, and, and I'm really really curious about this because the West is still crazy stacked, as we know. I mean, you you still have to go through the teams that you had to figure out how to go through before. The, the Lakers, the Suns, and the Jazz are probably the three best teams. Obviously, the Clippers aren't going anywhere, and I don't know. I I, I don't know what to make of this. The Nuggets, of course. You know, Portland's still hanging around. Golden State should be better this year. Then you have the Mavs. And it's interesting because, you know, Zach Lowe, who is one of, I I enjoy reading his stuff. And he put this into, the Mavericks he put into five teams, three spots available before the play-in. And he has the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Blazers, the Mavericks, and the Warriors listed as those five teams. Three of them will get in and two of them will have to play in the play-in this year. And I think that's about right for them. And you know, it's interesting because he says this about Dallas. Dallas would be my first choice above the play-in if we knew more about Jason Kidd's plans. I think the Mavs have a realistic chance to make the finals if Kidd would basically replicate Rick Carlisle's stuff. Luka's that good, provided that Dallas can keep him humming. He goes, if Porzingis is healthy and mobile, that group can work. And it's it's interesting. So we'll see how it goes. But as he said, let's wait and see with Dallas. They did not find a reliable secondary ball handler around Doncic, but the combination of Doncic surrounding shooters and a sound defense does get Dallas into lofty territory. The key is going to be they're going to make the playoffs, and we we're in the expectation phase. They right. they've got to get to the second round of the playoffs this year. I think so. I think that's the plan. But part of the way you do that is you win in a regular season to get that home court in case you need it for game seven and to get yourself the best seating possible so that yeah. it makes it easier to get to the playoffs. I mean, to, to the second round. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. As, as long as Luka is here, this team's going to be in the conversation. And, and who I mean, dude, the step forward that he took last year, if he makes that kind of a leap again, we're talking about a dude who's going to win the MVP and legit may be the best player in the NBA. Oh, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that, bro. I mean, he there there are some. It, it It's most people that I've read, it's Giannis, it's KD, or it's Luka for MVP. I mean, that's the level think, that we're talking about. No, I think that makes sense. I think that's fair. Uh, I think you can throw James Harden in there. Uh, as well, because uh, but he, but you know the other KD is going to touch the ball more than Harden, and so they probably eliminate him from the Nets. But I think you put his name in the conversation. There's only one person, and in, 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 I mean I don't go through every single person on the planet, but Ryan Young of Yahoo picked the Mavs to make it to the Western Conference Finals, and that is that's the only person that I have seen that have picked them to make it that far. 
And, you know, it, it's pretty much Lakers, Bucks, Nets are the three teams that everybody is picking to win the NBA championship. Really? Pretty much. And, and that's, you know, the Kyrie thing with Brooklyn's really interesting to me. I think he's going to wreck that team in yeah. some way, shape, form, or another. And he might. He very well might. But it, it's it's here, and I'm excited. I do have to admit to you that I've been playing. I finally have been gotten been gotten. I finally have gotten a chance to play a little bit more NBA 2K. Yes. And I needed to. I need you to ask: Is it fake that I had a game in which Luca scored 113 points and had 36 assists? I mean, I, I, I mean, he hit 23 three pointers, which shattered the NBA score. record. Hey man, he yeah, got fake? hot. Man, shut up. I even put him on the bench. I didn't play him the whole game. I have 113 points and 36 assists. Well, see, I how had many, been playing. How many, how many rebounds? Did he get a triple-double at least? No, I, Yeah, he did. I think he had like 11 rebounds. It's hard to get rebounds, man, on that game. Like they always, you know, with KP on the floor, he's so damn tall, he gets a ton. But it's funny because, so I had been playing six-minute quarters. Yes. And six-minute stats are normal. And I was like, man, I wonder if I play 12-minute quarters. Oh, my God. So I put it on 12-minute quarters, <laughs> scored 113 points. I bet you did. And it was awesome. One thing about NBA 2K that's really cool is they sw- like they have different announcers all the time. Like They rotate through crews, which is cool, and it's really realistic. And, I mean, they were going nuts. They're like, my, I never thought we'd – this is – what are we watching? I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> And of course, I had to. I was sitting on 99 points, and I did a step back three from the top of the key and drained it to hit 102 to break the record. That simply phenomenal, bro. No doubt. I mean, I, I put up. He had he had 76 points in the first half. <laughs> hey, man, it's not my problem. If you don't want me to play 12 minute quarters, so yeah, I got to go back to on the six minute quarters. But the 12 is fun. <laughs> it's fun to see stats like that. Yeah, I bet it is, bro. So, yeah, I mean, Luca, God, he's fun to play with on that game. But elsewhere, all right, we we, we got to get the secret audio of a Cowboys homer before we wrap this up. But we definitely wanted to tell you about our, our again, Smokey John's Barbecue, as we were talking about barbecue earlier and how wonderful they are. They're fantastic. And if you haven't gotten a chance to check out the Jam Session Bowl, bro, you, you need to go get it because Jacques got his today. Dude, it was so hilarious. I sent Matt a video because I ordered it. I was like, I wonder if they're going to recognize it's a jam session bowl. So I ordered it. And yes, those people preparing the food were like, yeah, we got you. And uh, the woman came up and she's saying, hey, uh, you want mashed potatoes or you want uh, mac mac and cheese? I said, "Uh, we're going to roll with the mashed potatoes today. And then she said, "Uh, you want all the fixings on it? Dress it up. I said, uh, yeah, give me everything. So she put uh, chives and sour cream and butter on it. And then she looked at me. She said, are you one of the guys from the show? I said, how'd you tell? Because I'm sexy. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) She starts laughing. And uh, she said, no, you just looked really familiar. I said, but it's because I'm sexy, right? And so she went and fixed it. And then the lady at the front was ringing me up. And she goes, you wouldn't believe how many people have come here asking for this. That's awesome. I go, really? She said, oh, my God, yes. I said, you just saying that to make me feel good. She goes, no, people are coming in asking for it every day. 
And I was like, that's fantastic. I said, we're trying to run y'all out of business because you got so much business. <laughs> and it's, so how was it? I mean, because you sent me Dude, a picture and you're like, my God, this is awesome. It was, um, it, you know what, bro? It was sensational. And not that I expected it to be anything less, but I chose uh, brisket and sausage and uh dude i had this is this is the honest truth man it was so good that i had to stop myself from eating because that's like i got a project to do and i got the podcast to do and i'm not really interested in being as my mom would say full as a tick and so i had some left over and uh if nobody else eats it you know i can't make that promise but if nobody else eats it i'll have what's left or some of what's left after the show Man, it's, I'm excited. That's awesome. And, and it's only available for Jam Session listeners. It is on the, on the secret, secret menu. menu. Yeah, I mean, nobody Man, knows about it. Us, let me tell you something. It's enough for two. Like, I left plenty, but it's enough for two. Or three. The Jam Session Bowl. Jacques had it, your choice. Made from scratch, mac and cheese, or mashed potatoes. Your choice of two different meats. Your choice of the toppings. And, of course, they drizzle it with Smokey John's barbecue sauce. It's phenomenal. It's only at Smokey John's barbecue, only for jam session listeners, which is badass. And again, if you order it, you do get a complimentary drink along with that. If you're not in the area and you can't get over there to their physical location right there off Mockingbird, I'll tell you this, go to SmokeyJohns.com, click on Smokey's Market. You can order their barbecue sauce or their, or their rub and they'll ship it to you wherever you happen to be. Bro, it was fantastic. So go get it. Everybody go get this, the jam session bowl at Smokey John's. Everybody go Ooh. all at once. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be, that'd be hilarious. And of course, Juan and Brent are going to listen to this and be like, what? that wouldn't be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Also, of course, our buddies over at False Idol Brewing in North Richland Hills, just north of 183. If you haven't been over there, you need to. If you are a craft beer fan, you need to get over there. I'll tell you this. This is a story. I, I had a phone chat with my brother, Chris, today, and he was like, man, because I haven't talked to him since we moved to Birmingham. So we were catching up and he's like, how's everything? And telling him about, about the beer scene here. He's like, I don't know, man. I mean, the, the beers here are hit and miss. There's some good. There's some not so good. He goes, that's how beer is everywhere. I was like, not really. Not in Dallas. He goes, no, it is like that in Dallas. You're just spoiled because they have false idol there. <laughs> and I was like, well, yes, but and he goes, yeah, he goes, False Idol is like the best beer that there is. He goes, there's not breweries like that in every city, so you can't expect all beer to be on that level. I was like, okay, well, that's fair. I mean, that's a real conversation I have with my brother Chris. Like he, and then he started going through some of his breweries in Austin that he likes a lot. He goes, yeah, and I like these guys a lot, but they're not like False Idol. Dude, False Idol, they put it down, man. They do. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that. No, they put it down. The stouts that they... The stuff that they create, it's uh, it's fantastic, man. Get on out there and check them out. They've got their Crispy My Nature lager on tap right now and in cans. They've got the Wild Card New England Triple IPA that they did in collaboration with Beer Zombies. I mean, they're absolutely freaking crushing it. They are crushing it, and they are. you're just not going to have anything from them that doesn't blow your mind. Their beer is on a level that is elite, not just in North Texas, but for the state of Texas and for the entire country, they're on the map. It is false idol brewing. If you are a big fan of local craft beer, it, it, it does not get any better than that. I, and I can't wait to get some. I've got a couple of people I'm talking with that are trying to work out some beer trades because 
I'm, I miss it, man. I mean, I, I haven't had it in a month, and I just flat out miss it. Dude, Matt's been on Twitter like, I'll trade with you if you can go get this. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, it is. I love false out. I, I think they're... I just think they're phenomenal and they're local. They're buddies of mine. They're family owned. And, you know, they pursued their dream and they put jobs behind to put this thing together and make it happen. And it's happening for them. And I think it's awesome. So get out there and support them. It's False Idol Brewing right there off of Boulevard 26, just north of 183 in North Richland Hills. It is time. It is here. It is secret audio of a Cowboys homer like you've never heard it before. <laughs> In a way that will colossally blow your mind. I put this together and, you know, I, I've gone back to the way that we did it on the radio where I just roll and I just leave it recording. And so much right, so right, that, right. and this, this would happen to me when we did it when I was at the station, I forget that it's recording. You know, like at first I, I, I know it's recording, but then I just like over the course of three hours of game time or whatever, for whatever, I just forget because right, I, don't have, what, I don't have the recording screen up. That's when you start getting the best stuff because now you're just talking. So I put all this together and I mean, dude, there are some, there are some cuts in this one today that I think all of you are going to highly enjoy. So with that being said, I guess maybe the thing to do is to just kind of start it at, you know, we'll, we'll just start it easy for you. And so this is the first cut I have here for you is the failed fourth down that they went for it from their own 35 yard line early in the game didn't get it he was there and he didn't get it damn it he didn't get it wow so okay kind of calm you know i was gonna say that's fairly tame for you bro i'm, I'm proud of you little little frustrated but we're starting out cool so then we'll move on to our next cut here this is the dalton schultz catch remember the one that was deflected and he yeah. ended up catching it. Here's my reaction to that. Get rid of it. Oh, nice. That was awesome. It deflected off one guy and Schultz caught it. And he wasn't even throwing the ball to him. Got lucky on that. Watch this. Man. <laughs> so, again, we're starting calm. We're starting Talk calm. To your lady friend or are you just talking to yourself? Again? No, I, I talked to her and, and she, 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 you always tell me, watch this. I'm like, yeah, because it's cool. Like, you know, I don't know if you're paying attention or not. So we get to my next cut here, and this next one is when New England scores to take the lead 14-7. to That was easy. Right down the field, touchdown, New England. God. <laughs> so the disgust is building a little bit. You can hear the disdain in my voice right there at the end. How about the excitement of a Randy Gregory strip sack? Got his ass. Wow. Fumble. Got him. Nice. My God, Gregory exploded on him. Ooh. Holy shit, what a play. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was such a weird. My God, Gregory exploded on him. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So there's yeah. that. So the excitement's building. The things are going well. And then, oh, no, my frustration. You know, I don't like when Cowboys make mistakes. <laughs> no, you don't. And I think we forgot about this play, but Cedric Wilson had a touchdown pass, hit him in the hands, and he dropped it. And I got frustrated, and here's my reaction. Caught touchdown. Nice. Dropped it. Damn it. He f***ing dropped the ball. Man, you got to hold on to that, dude. This is the NFL. <laughs> really? Hey, man. He should have. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. 
I mean, we're not going to get a defensive guy any credit for reaching in there and yanking it out. Okay, yeah, a little. I mean, like you said, I think that might have been when I tweeted out, you know, like you always say, the defenders get paid too. I mean, I was, yeah, I just viewed that as the defender didn't give up on the play. He followed through and messed around with the ball at the very end of the play. But to be fair, that was my just immediate reaction before replay and stuff like that. No, I get you, man. I get you. I too thought it was a touchdown, but I was a lot worse than what you said. No, were you? Yeah, it's like, the fuck, dog? <laughs> so we move forward, and, and next up is a play that you just never see that I just went bonkers over with the Luke Gifford blocked punt. <laughs> Bit. Block! They blocked it! Holy shit, they blocked the punt. Oh, my God. Nice! I can't believe they blocked the punt. That is badass. I cannot remember the last time they blocked a punt. I hope they tell us. Wow. <laughs> I was stoked, man. And I, I couldn't – you and I talked about that after the game. We, we had looked it up or Archer had tweeted it out. But I thought it was weird. Like, the broadcast never said. I mean, it had been six years since they blocked a punt. But, God, it felt like it had been, like, 20. I know, man, but that was Like, awful. they said some dude named Donnie Jones blocked a punt. Like, I don't even remember a Donnie Jones. There, he was not on a team. Stop. It's a fake name. All right, well, let's move on because my excitement from the block punt would quickly go into irritation on the third down Dak call running into the end zone. Oh, man, I know where this is going. Let's hear this reaction. Touchdown, Dak. He got in. Come on. He got in. Let's stop. How did he not get in? Is this a joke? You got to be fucking kidding me. That's, what are we doing They've got to figure this out. He obviously scored. God. <laughs> Dude. I thought it was obvious that he crossed the – I don't know how in the world they didn't rule that a touchdown. I still don't. It seemed pretty obvious, but then, uh, you know, I was expecting the whole laser laser chip rant. Yeah, and, and I did that on Twitter, and, and I know that there's a lot – people are like, well, how would the how would you know if his knee touched down first? Like, my, do you know how easy it is to put sensors on everything that you want and have a computer read it all in real time and dissect all that? That's I mean, simple that's to do. We have the technology. Yeah, uh, you know, now Jerry was saying today on his radio show that uh, – or today would be Tuesday – that he didn't want the game to become Star Wars, so to speak. But I'm like, what the hell? You got the technology. Let's ride with it. Yeah, I mean, at some point, embrace the technology that we have. Now, that, of course, would go from that third down play to the very next play where they went for the reach across the line with the fumble. Here it is. This is insane. That's a touchdown. No, it's a touchdown. Thank you. All he's got to do is break the plane. Obviously, that's a touchdown. This is absurd. So you're telling me before the, the tip of the football touched the very front of the white line, the ball's moving. There's no way to prove that. This is just incredible. <laughs> I did feel that way because, I look, the ball, <laughs> the ball was moving, but if you look at it, the, the very tip of the ball touched the very front of the white line. It's a touchdown right then. And then like a split second later, the ball started moving. Again, lasers. Well, lasers would solve a lot of those problems. It was a great play by the Patriots, defensive dude. Uh, bad luck for the Cowboys and Dak. But at that point, I was like, they seem like they're destined to lose today. They did seem like that. And they seemed like it even more when Greg Zerline would be trotted out for a 51-yard field goal attempt. You can only imagine my angst at the result of the miss. Here it is. Come on, leg. Come on, leg. 
They blocked it. He fucking missed it. Unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable. They don't deserve to win this game. They, I mean, you talk about the sloppiest game you might have ever seen. God, man. Why would you? Incredible. Amazing. <laughs> no, they don't. See, they don't deserve to win this game. Like, I want to hear. Uh, yeah, I need to go back and see if you still feel the same way. I don't. I don't feel that way because, <laughs> dude, the, the roller coaster of emotions that I am about to take you on. This is the next couple of cuts are two of my favorite cuts in the history of doing this segment. The excitement. This is the, the Trayvon Diggs pick six call. Just listen to my reaction. This is me on the Trayvon Diggs pick. Pick Diggs! Diggs! God, he has seven in six games. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Oh, my God. I mean, we have that guy, man. We have that guy. Holy shit, I'm going to lose my – I'm going to pass out. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. <laughs> that, Unbelievable. Uh, I can't believe that. I cannot believe he just picked six that <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Whoa. I mean, how about that reaction, dude? I mean, just sheer glee and joy. That may have been the best I've ever heard. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. I mean, I went ballistic just because I can't believe, you know, I would have been excited if if Anthony Brown had done it or or if Parsons had done it. Trayvon Diggs getting another interception and doing a pick six again just blew my mind. Dude, it was incredible. You know, I told you I had left to go get something out of the car and I came in and I was always screaming in the house. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. And it was Diggs uh, headed into the end zone. Now, that cut will take us. Now, keep in mind how the game played out. Diggs gets the pick six, and it immediately turned around into the 75, 76-yard touchdown pass, whatever it was. Here is my reaction immediately with that touchdown pass, Mac Jones. What the f***? You got to be fucking kidding me that just happened. Holy f- this shit. What the f***? I'm, I'm in. What the f*** was that? It's like he was going to, I don't even know what to say. That's, I, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. That is 100% typical Cowboys. And now you got to score a touchdown to win the game. Now you can kick a field goal to tie. You got to be unfucking believable Bro, you see my face. Well, see, so what happens is, and, and so you guys can probably tell, like, sometimes it gets louder and then it sounds like I'm further away. When I get excited, I jump off the couch. And so I get excited, and I just jumped up. I'm like, what the? And I was I was pissed, dude. Woo, it sounded like it, bro. And so now, I mean, and again, we, we still have the Greg Zerline field goal to tie the game, and we still have the winner, the touchdown to Lamb to get to. Here is my reaction to the setup and the following kick. This is Greg Zerline with the chance to tie the game to send it to overtime. This is it. This is for the game. You have got to fucking hit this one. You gotta fucking make it. Nail it. Going to overtime. Oh my God. <laughs> How about that? So, you were so businesslike at the front. I know. At the beginning. Then you turned into fanboy again with the deep exhale. Yes. Okay, let's go. Let's go. 
I know. I love how I'm just talking like, you better make it. You better make this. All right. Okay. (laughs) And then as excited as I was, Trayvon Diggs with the pick six. This is the Dak Prescott 35-yard touchdown pass to CeeDee Lamb in overtime to win the game. Here I am. Smart, 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 smart. Ball game! Ball game! Touchdown! Woo! <laughs> touchdown! That's right. Wait up. Woo! Boom! Walk it off! We're going to the Super Bowl. I'll tell you that right now. They are going to go to the Super Bowl! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! What a bitch, Jalen Mills, that fuck face. God, that was awesome. <laughs> we got out of there, man. There it is. Dude, why does everybody got to be a bitch, man? I don't know, but I just, you know, I didn't like how Jalen Mills, CD was going to score, the game was over, and he went over and gave him an extra shove, and CD just popped up and waved goodbye to him. Now, that was pretty funny to me. I thought so, too, which is why I had a little something for Jalen as well, because I was backing up my boy. <laughs> I'm CD's my guy, man. I was backing him up. Okay, I ain't mad at you. I'm right there on the field with them, don't you know? <laughs> All right, and then finally, as you know, my stream of consciousness and comments, and so this is about a minute long, all the random weird things that came out of my head, all in one clip for you to close this down. <laughs> oh, this looks good. It's got Coach Taylor in it. Now he's squirting nacho cheese stuff in their bag. Brought to you by the Batman. Good in the neighborhood. Make it if you try. Immediately. It's amazing how many versions of that there are. All the CISs or whatever. CSIs. Pedicures or manicures. Whatever he said. Candle making. Candle making? I mean, it's not like Christian Bale's Batman trilogy was that long ago. And all of a sudden, we're redoing it again. Yeah, all these people passed away. And Amazon paid them. I feel bad for that little kid because nobody's supervising him. He's going to blow his back out. He got busted going to that spa for happy endings. I can't decide if Dune looks cool or not. It's kind of weird. That's 4K TV right there. (laughs) So there you go. What were you eating, man? Were you eating something? I was eating something at some point, and then, you know, the happy innings bit, because they showed Robert Kraft, and the lady friend was like, "What? who's that? And I go, Robert Kraft, that guy that went to the parlor and stuff. She's like, really? Dude. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he got busted for going to those parlor, massage parlors and getting the happy endings. Yeah, yeah, he did. That's true. He did. So yeah. there you have it. That that might be one of the all-time great secret audio of a Cowboy Homers that we've ever done. Oh. Yeah, I think it's the leader in the clubhouse now and uh, will only be surpassed uh, by perhaps the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Don't tease me. <laughs> That's what she said. Ooh. Oh, I like the way that feels. <laughs> All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. We'll be back again. We'll have Clarence Hill Jr. We'll have Ed Werder on our next podcast as the Cowboys head into their bye week. So everybody be ready for that. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. 
Also brought to you by Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America. Let him help you secure your family's future. You can give him a call at 940-453-3490. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.